So both of our scripture readings for today have a central theme. And that theme is that God values you. God values all of God's creation. God loves you and God has a purpose for you. And God will never cease to continue to work in you until you come into the fulfillment of that purpose that God has for you. We see that in the Old Testament passage of Jeremiah. Jeremiah heard the word of God. And what did he hear? He hear that God has called him to be the prophet to the nations, plural. God raised him up at the appointed time so that he could represent the grace, the mercy, the love of God to the nations in the world. So what was Jeremiah's response to that call? He was afraid. He didn't think that he could do what God had called him to do. He said to God, God, I don't know how to speak. God, I really am a young boy. I really don't have the maturity within me to go to kings and leaders of the world and to tell them what thus says the Lord. And it's good that Jeremiah could feel that sense within him of fear, of inadequacy, of, oh my God, not me. I think we all have to get to that place. When God impresses upon our hearts something that God would have us to do for God, our immediate response must be, oh God, I cannot do this thing. And then you will hear God saying to you, no, you cannot do it in your own strength. You cannot do it with your natural mind, with your natural will. But when you allow me to reign in you, and when you seek my face, and when you walk with me, I will help you to see and to experience my power in new ways. And then everything that you do that will bear fruit for the kingdom of God, you will give praises unto me because you will know it's not of yourself alone that you were able to accomplish those great things for God. And what did God say to Jeremiah? God said, look, says, I know you. When you were yet in your mother's womb, when I was allowing you to be fashioned, I knew you. And I placed my calling upon you spiritually even then. But he also told him, he says, you don't have to be afraid. 
He says, because I will be with you. And I will be your refuge. When you come up against difficult situations, because you're seeking to walk in my will, I, God, will be the one who will step in. And I will defend you. I will guide you. I will give you the words to speak. And people will hear and people's hearts and souls and spirit will be piqued. And then God will do the miraculous work within us. Mm. So is that only for the Old Testament times? Absolutely not. We hear in the New Testament scriptures, in the witness of the woman who was uh, bent over, the woman who, you know, was infirm. She had this physical abnormality for 18 years. Uh, this woman who came to the synagogue to worship God in spite of her affirmities. She came to worship. Nowhere in the scripture does it say that she came to receive healing. Nowhere in the scripture does it say anything about what she has gone through. It doesn't say anything about her fate. But it tells us in the scripture that it was on the day that God had commanded that God's people set aside to worship God, to remember God. On that Sabbath day, Jesus was in the synagogue and he was there because he was invited by the synagogue leader because obviously his reputation had preceded him. He was invited because he was known in his time as a teacher of the word. So he was invited on this holy day, on this Sabbath day, to read the scriptures and to give the people a message from God. But all did not go the way the synagogue leader thought it should go. Jesus has a way that when he comes in to a situation, that he turns things upside down. He has a way of challenging the status quo. He has a way of helping people to rethink what they believe the law of God says. He has a way of inviting us to not only see the letter of the Lord, the law, but to see the spirit, God's intent, true intent behind the law. So in tradition, we know that God consecrated the Sabbath as a holy day. And there are some things that God said about the Sabbath because the Sabbath is truly a gift.
from God. And I want us to hear, as I'm going to invite Amy to come and read Exodus 20, 8 11 for the song people, if we can have her turned on. But I want you to hear the significance of the Sabbath in God's heart to God's people. And to know that God is saying something to us today also from this message. So what does God say in Exodus 20? Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. You shall not do any work, you, your son, or your daughter, your male or female slave, your livestock, or the alien resident in your towns. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, but rested the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and consecrated it. Amen. So God set aside a day for all of God's creation, not only the Hebrew people. The Sabbath is important because it's a day of rest. It's a day that God says that you are consecrated so that you could come to God on that day, having worked in 24-7 or whatever for the six days of the week. He says, but on one day of the week, the seventh day, you are to know that that day has been set aside as a holy day. We as Christians, we acknowledge the Sabbath as Sunday because in acknowledging that day, we are acknowledging that that's the day that God raised Jesus from the dead, who, Jesus who is our Lord and Savior. We also know that we live in a culture where sometimes for some people, because of work, they are not able to set aside Sunday. But I think sometimes we can get so legalistic in our understanding of God's command and God's laws for us that, you know, we want other people to follow what we think they should follow. And I'll put it to you like this. I trust and I believe in the word of God. And I am blessed as a pastor to know that the work that I do, I lift it up to God. And I know in the seven days of the week, ideally Sunday could be my Sabbath. But I, just like my fellow pastors all over the globe, we have to prepare to preach on Sunday we have to minister to people on Sunday. Sometimes I'm going to the hospitals. I am going at home. I am working on Sunday. But I also know, because I believe in the principle of the Sabbath spiritually, I have designated Friday as my Sabbath. A lot of you don't know that. Most Fridays, I will say Okay, this is the day I need to spend more time with God. This is the time I need to come before God and just rest before God. This is the day that in my resting I am asking God to minister to me, to prepare me to come for Sunday. 
But some Fridays, it doesn't always work that way. Some Fridays, I may get a phone call. Someone is sick. Someone is in the hospital. Someone has died. And then I have to get up and go. No, let me correct that. I don't have to, but I choose to. Because of the love of God in me for God's people. And God knows that. And God honors that. So here we come to the gospel passage with this woman and Jesus in the synagogue. And there's a scandal that has broken loose in the synagogue on the day of worship. Because if you can imagine, this is the synagogue hall. And all the religious leaders, the male, are up front. And all the women are behind. Some of them standing because it's only standing room only. And Jesus is sitting up here as all the rabbis do to teach in the synagogue. And as he's teaching, I would imagine that he looked out. And he saw this woman bent over. And he knows. He knows everything about this woman, obviously. Because God's spirit is in him. He knows that this woman has been suffering for 18 years with her disability. And he did something that for people who are in the synagogue would be considered as scandalous. He looked at the woman. He saw her. He called her forward. Mm. Things that don't happen usually in the synagogue. He declared that the woman has been set free from her disabilities for 18 years. And to make things even worse, he reached out and he touched her. Wow. Against the tradition of the time. So naturally, the synagogue ruler is mad. Scripture says, on the Sabbath, we are to do no work at all, right? And here you are healing this woman because healing is part of the profession, the medical profession. And not only that, you went so far as to lay your hand, a male, upon her in the synagogue. And Jesus sees the opportunity to teach as he's always doing and he's still doing today. He challenged the fact that the synagogue leader and the other leaders that they have their ox and they have their, their, their donkeys and they carry them out and they tie them to make sure that they don't run away. They care for their animals because their animals are a way of helping them to live. And Jesus is saying, 
if you were to do that on the Sabbath, isn't it better that a human being, a person who has been suffering for all these years, isn't it better for me to extend grace and compassion to this woman who is in need, human being, your animal, they are both important, but this one, this daughter of Abraham, this woman who is a, a member of the covenant that God made with Abraham, this woman who God loves and values, this woman who is declared in God's sight valuable enough. Shouldn't God or wouldn't God on the most holy day set this woman free? Hmm. So what is Jesus showing us? Many things I would say. But I would say that he's saying to us, sometimes we get so caught up in the letter of the Lord that we forget that God, Jesus, is the Lord of the Sabbath. Every day is holy unto God. And God decides the timing and the necessity of when God's healing will come to any person. Jesus is not saying don't have your Sabbath. But he's saying, make sure we keep the priorities right. The person next to you, the person behind you, the person that you will meet, they are all God's people. And God values them in their good health, in their sick health, in anything that will hinder them from being the free purpose that God has created them to be, God has the authority to release that person from bondage. So here we are today. And God is saying the same thing to us through the Spirit. What is keeping you bondage today? What is keeping you from praising God and rejoicing in God? God knows it. And you know it. And that's between you and God. But God is saying, if anything is hindering you from being the best person that I created you to be, from being the person that is free to praise God in season, out of season, in church, outside of the church. If there is anything Jesus is saying, I declare that you are free in the name of Jesus. Look at the woman in the text. She didn't come to Jesus saying, heal me. But Jesus saw her. He called her. He declared that she was free. He laid hands on her. And what was her response? She started praising God. She didn't care who saw her. She didn't care what people thought about her. 
She didn't care that all the, the, the leaders in the front, all the male in the front, that they might be thinking, oh my goodness, what a mess that shouldn't be, that shouldn't be. She didn't care. Her focus was upon God. Her focus was upon praising Jesus because he had set her free. And I think, I could be wrong, but I don't think so. I think by the power of the Spirit that also works in me, lets me know sometimes when I allow things to hinder me from walking in the freedom of the Spirit of God that lives within me. And I believe that if you were to be honest with yourself and with God, God will point out for you the things that you are allowing to hinder you from experiencing the freedom that Jesus gave you when he went to the cross. Because that freedom, when you have it, it doesn't mean that everything is going to go right in your life. But it means that you have the joy of your salvation deep down within you. And you can smile even when you have no reason to smile. And you can come into this place of worship knowing that God will meet you in this place and God will minister to you where you are. God will release you from your anger. God will release you from your fears. God will release you from your doubts. God will release you from anything that will hinder you from being the person God created you to be, anointed you to be, and called you forth to be in this day and in this time. So, when we come to the church, sometimes things may not be what you are accustomed to having and to hearing. But Jesus says, trust me. Know that I'm in the mix. And I am making all things new. Let us pray. Gracious God, thank you. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your message. Thank you, oh God, for writing the message upon our hearts. And thank you for giving us the courage, oh God, to look beyond the letter of the law and to see what you are showing us in the spirit of the law in our day and our time. And most of all, thank you for Jesus. Thank you, oh God, that he died so that we could be freed. And God, those whom the Son has set free, is truly free indeed to worship you and to praise you. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And the people of God say together, Amen, Amen, and Amen.